turn in the scriptures to the book of Matthew, Matthew 16. We began last week on a new series, and we were excited about it. Did you remember? We were, woo, we were stirred up and still are. Matthew 16 and uh, 16. Simon Peter answered, well, Jesus had asked him, who do you say that I am? Verse 15, Simon Peter said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Now, this is about as important as it gets. Who people say and believe that he is. Well, I believe he's a good man that taught some good things that we can all learn from. If that's all you believe, you're lost. Hmm? I would believe he was a prophet that showed us a way, and there are many ways. And if that's all you believe, you're lost. Jesus is the one. Come on now, can I get a witness? He is the one. He is the Christ, the anointed Son of God, the born of a virgin. Can you say amen? Amen. Miraculous conception, miraculous birth, sinless life, spotless, sinless blood that he shed for us. He's raised from the dead. There is no body of Jesus anywhere on the earth. That body has been raised, that physical body has been raised from the dead and is now seated at the right hand of God the Creator. Can you say amen? He is the Son of God, the head of the church. And what you believe about Him means the difference for you between heaven and hell. Lost and saved. Doesn't get more serious than this. Who do you say that he is? Everybody said out loud, I say, I say he, is he is the Christ, the Son of the living God, the, living God. the Messiah, the Messiah. My, Lord. my Lord, my Savior, my, Savior. my, Redeemer. my Redeemer. He is, he is my Lord. Amen. That's what I say. Is that what you say? (laughs) Well, Jesus went on to say, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona. Flesh and blood has not revealed it to you. My Father, which is in heaven, revealed what revelation? That he is the Christ, the Son of the living God. The. Nobody else is the prophet. No man or woman is the apostle. If they are an apostle, it's an. If they are a prophet, it's a. A prophet, not the. If they're a pastor, not the pastor. There's nobody who's the pastor to the church except him. Right? Nobody that's the evangelist to the world except him. Right? Nobody who's the teacher. If you're a teacher, you're a teacher. Only one the teacher. He said, verse 18, and I say to you, you are Peter, a little rock, but upon this rock, this massive foundation rock. What rock? Well, 1 Corinthians refers to Christ as the rock. How many understand Peter is not the rock? He's a rock. (laughs) A rock, but not the rock that the church is built on. Absolutely not. Jesus is the rock. He said, on this rock, I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Against what? The church. The church that he's building. Yes, 
So we began last week a new series we're calling The Church. And I'm excited about it. I have, uh, I don't know, a deep excitement about this. I feel like this is going to affect our lives from now on. I think it's going to be a uh, an entry into my next phase of ministry. And if I'm called to it, <laughs> you called to it. Right? We fa- You're my family? All right. And... Uh, the more I, I'm just beginning to break the ice in this in my own personal life, uh, you know, you think you know something about something until the Lord starts teaching you about it. And then you go, ooh, wow, <laughs> didn't know anything. And uh, what I am beginning to see is how important this is to him. What a priority this is to him. And whatever is his priority ought to be. Our priority. And so Jesus said. On this rock. Which is him. Himself. I. Who's going to do it? Jesus said. I will build my church. How many believe when Jesus says something like that? Just look for it. Is he doing it? Well, you're here, aren't you? You know why you're here? Stood out sleeping it off somewhere? Huh? Why are you saved? Why is your name in the Lamb's Book of Life? Because you are one of those living stones (laughs) that God took. Hallelujah. And has sealed Into place in his building that he's building. By the Holy Spirit. This edifice. This permanent dwelling place for God. Oh my my. This is eternal. What's going on here. And you're part of it. And I'm a part of it. And every time you see unsaved people you ought to think. Building materials. Building material. We, we're working on a building here. The Lord's building something here. And what happens? What's going to happen when the last living stone is sealed into place by the Holy Spirit? Glory be to God. He's going to come. It's going to happen. Sure as you're sitting here. It's going to happen. We don't know how close we are to that. We know there's a lot of building materials left. There's a lot of building material. And we know this building he's building is great. It is big. The temple that God used Solomon to build was a type of this. And he said this temple for the Lord must be exceeding magnifical. And what God is building is exceeding magnificent. You're part of it. I'm part of it. And will be for eternity. We will forever be known as the church. <laughs> forever. Forever. No matter what else God ever does in the future. And we don't know what he's going to do. We know a little bit. little, little bit. What he's going to do in the eons to come. But I know this. No matter who else will ever be around. Angel or created being. Or planet. Or solar system. Or cosmos. Whatever. You and I are going to be the church. And we will be with him. And live with him. Personally. Forever. My, my, my. Well, I, I know we haven't realized how privileged we are. Far above being an angel. The Bible says we, the church, will judge the angels. He's grooming us right now. I know you may not look like and feel like it always, but he's grooming you to rule and reign with him as a priest of God and as a king. 
over his eternal kingdom. You and I are going to govern cities. See, that hadn't been real to us, has it? You know how quiet it gets when you say something like that? Have you read your Bible? (laughs) That's too quiet, guys. No, Brother Keith, I'm going to heaven and I'm going to sit on a harp. Uh, Sit on a cloud. (laughs) Not sit on the harp. Maybe sit on the harp too. I don't know. Uh, I'm going to sit on a cloud and play my harp. Well, I guess if you want to, you could do that. But you're going to have a lot more to do than that. There's going to be activity. God's got a kingdom. And his church is the government and the rulers in his kingdom. Can you say amen? How privileged we are. How blessed we are to be the church, which is to be the chosen. The chosen. Now, what is the church? I want us to go further into this today. What is the church? Now, we said literally the word means, the word ecclesia, it means a gathering. A gathering or an assembly. Those who are gathered together, this is a good term, those who are called together. Everybody say called together. together. And the reason why this is a church this morning is because we're all here together. We can't all stay home. (laughs) Did you hear me? And be a church. We're called and we answered the call. Many are called. But what? Few are chosen. Why? Well, not everybody answers the call or responds to the call. And the Lord knew beforehand who would answer the call and who wouldn't. And you may not understand all that. and You don't have to. But all you need to know is come when he calls. Right? And if you'll come when he calls, you'll be the chosen. Look at your neighbor say, come when he calls. When he calls, what do you do? Come. When he calls, when he calls and says, pray, what do you do? What if it's two in the morning in your sleep? Huh? When he calls, what do you do? When he says, give, what do you do? When he says, come to church, what do you do? Go do this. Go do that. Come do this. Well, now we all know the right answer. Yes, sir. <laughs> but knowing the right answer is not the same thing as doing this. And Jesus told the parable, you remember? About the king that called for his feast and said, everything's ready. So come. He sent out his messengers and said, come. Come. And one by one, they began to make excuses why I can't come. And one said, I've got some new business equipment in Oxen. And I've got to go check them out and make sure that I got what I paid for and make sure they'll do what they said they'd do because I got my business. Well, they're putting their business ahead of the kingdom of God. They're putting their business ahead of the church. Hmm? Is that okay? It's a way to go broke. It's a way to work yourself silly and not get ahead. Which comes first? Business or church? Which comes first? Your job or church? (laughs) You believe that? Then why... Do millions who claim to be Christians not do that? They don't do it. I mean, maybe they believe it on paper, but they don't do it. And one reason is, is because people only see other people. 
They see the congregation, they see the pastors, they see the church building, and that's all they see, and don't re- they don't see the Lord. Hmm? And when something's going on, they don't realize it and make the connection that it's not just men, it's not just people saying, we're going to do this, come help us do this. It's the Lord. How many know you don't wait on an open vision? For the Lord to personally show up at your house and look you in the eye and say, I said go to church. (laughs) Right? We are the called ones. The called together ones. Everybody say called together. Called together. Called together. Both of those words are very significant, aren't they? Called together. Together. Say it out loud. Called together. So when you hear the word church, I want you to think that. Every time. Faith, life, called together. Right? The church of the Lord Jesus Christ, the called together of the Lord Jesus Christ. Right? Every time you hear the word church, what do you think? Called together. Now, the call will do you no good unless what? Unless you respond. Unless you answer. Many are called that do not respond. And therefore, there's only few of the many that were called that are chosen. That's sad, isn't it? What does that mean is when there's many called and only a few chosen, then most of them that were called did not get used did not get blessed, did not get promoted, because they didn't answer the call. I said, because they didn't answer the call. I know, I know of numerous individuals called just like me, just like me and Phyllis. But they wouldn't do what it took. They wouldn't leave mom and daddy. They wouldn't leave home. They wouldn't go out. They wouldn't leave their security and what they knew. They wouldn't leave without knowing where all the money is going to come from. They wouldn't go into the unknown. They wouldn't take the step of faith. And so they're not in the ministry to this day. And it's not just five-fold ministry. All of us are called to a ministry. And it's going to take faith to do all of them. And you're going to have to put it first. Business is not first. He said, I got to go prove my equipment. That's his business. What else did he say? Huh? He bought some land. Right? Remember that? Bought some land. So he's got to take care of his land. And he's sorry, but he can't come. He's called, but he's not going to come because of what? His lands, his houses, his stuff. I've seen people miss the plan of God. Tell me they felt like God was dealing with them to relocate and to do something. But they loved their house and their neighbors and the country club they were a part of. And the place where they get their nails done. And where they play golf. And their restaurant. Hmm? And would not obey God. Miss the plan of God over a house. Over a piece of land. Over property. Friend, nothing you have down here is really your place. That comes later. God's working on your real place. Every one of these are just your temporary, right, places. And in your heart, you're to be like Abraham. And in your heart, live in a tent. I don't care if it's a 20-bedroom mansion. You look at it like a tent that we can strike and fold and move tomorrow if the Lord says do it, right? Because we're just passing through here. This whole thing's just temporary. It won't be long. Your life will be over. It's just a vapor. You're not going to stay on that place forever. You're not going to live in that house forever. Got to think right. Don't miss the plan of God over a house, over a piece of property. Over a home place. Over land. How many of you moved to Branson from another city or state? Look at this. Look at this. Yeah, me too. 
Well, we obviously wasn't too attached, were we? Huh? You know, we had worked for 20 some years to establish what we had. And we started out in a little bitty rough apartment and then got to a, had to believe God to get to a decent apartment. And then a little rent house and, and then a little better and, and then a little house and, and then believe God for 20 years and sow our seed. And God gave us a nice place. And Phyllis had just finished decorating her kitchen and got it like she wanted it. And believed God for that for years. Somebody walked up and handed her a wad of cash and said, do your kitchen. And uh, I, we had believed God. I mean, you know, from little steps, little steps. And had our own airplane paid for, had our own hangar paid for. And the Lord did with us, leave everything and go over here. And it was like starting over in some ways. And... You know, I, I knew that in Branson, the, the airport's real short and a cliff on both ends and you couldn't have your own hangar and, and there were just numerous things and, and I'm thinking about them and finally I realized the Lord's serious about this thing, about this Branson deal. I, you know, I got, did I think he was joking? I don't know, but maybe I was hoping he was joking at first. And then, uh, I'm shaving one morning and the Lord dealt with me. He said, do you believe I can do better for you than this? I said, yes, sir, I do. And I apologize and I won't think about it again. You got to be able to leave. You know what the disciples did? They left everything and followed him. Can you say amen? He said, if you're going to be my disciple, what do you got to do? You got to be willing to leave everything, anything, including friends, family, stuff, and follow me. And he said, if you don't do that, you're not worthy of me. Amen. I know that sounds hard to some people. But friend, the kingdom of God is serious business. And time is short. And we can't play. Must not play. When he calls. Huh? Come. When he calls, come. When he directs, go. Do. Then. One person, he said, the master said, come, come. And one guy, what did he say? I just got married. So I can't come. You understand. And the Lord said, yeah, I understand. Just check back with me when you can. No, the Bible said he was wroth, angry, right? Why? Family does not come before church. Kids, grandkids, spouses, parents do not come before church. Now it does with millions. I know uh, I had somebody that was supposed to help us on a certain ministry project one time. And they called up right before time to do it. Kind of left us in a bad way because we're counting on them to help. And they said, you know, such as this came up with my family. And it wasn't really even that big of a deal. But, you know, I got to take care of my family. I got to put my family first. You ever heard that? You ever heard that? What if Jesus had put his family first? Hmm? What if Moses had put his family first? And case after case. So I said, oh, it's fine. That's okay. Forget about it. And uh, I hung up the phone and we started figuring out how we're going to do this some other way. And uh, the Lord spoke to me. He said, just because you told him it was okay, didn't mean I said it was okay. I said, what, you want me to call them, tell them something else? He said, no, no, no. He said, if they don't listen to me, they're not going to listen to you. So just because ministers or some of the people told you, oh, that's okay, that's a, that doesn't mean the Lord told you it was okay. Amen. So they said, I, my family, my family, I got to take care of my family. And he was wroth. And these guys missed out. And he called other people. He said, go out into the highways and byways. Compel them. And they went out and found folk living off the street. Hmm? People that other people didn't think much of. And said, would you come? The master's calling. Would you come? And they said, uh, let me check my calendar. <laughs> Let's see. Go through the garbage can. I've already done that. <laughs> Take a nap. I can scratch that. Yeah, I can come. 
It's the people who were available. The people who didn't have other things going on. The people who didn't have other priorities. These are the people that respond and are the chosen. Glory to God. It's not the smartest. It's not the brightest. It's not the most skilled or the best looking or the most educated. It's the people that said, yeah, I'll come. Sure. Yeah, I'll do it. And showed up. Say, that's me. That's me. The call together. The church. Glory to God. Well, it got a little quiet, but uh, just ask yourself, is he talking scripture or is he just a talking? Go to 1 Corinthians, the first chapter, please. 1 Corinthians 1. What is the church? The church are the called together ones. In 1 Corinthians 1, you see this. 1 Corinthians 1 and 2. Unto the church of God, which is at Corinth. To them that are what? Sanctified. That means set apart. In Christ Jesus. What else? Called to be saints. Actually the words to be are added. They're not there. It's just called saints. Called out ones. Separated ones. Saints are holy ones. And people have had this, you know, aversion to being referred to as a saint. Or else they believe that if somebody had an extraordinary enough life, they might be able to pronounce a saint after death unscriptural. I said unscriptural, unbiblical. I'm sorry, but it is. And uh, you, none of us become holy ones by our efforts and our works. But we have been made holy by the blood of the Lamb. And if we'll answer the call and have faith in Him, we are already in this life right now called out ones, sanctified, holy ones. We are saints now. Forget about how you feel or how you've acted. It's not based on that. You could never act good enough to merit being a saint. We use these words wrongly, don't we? People talk about so-and-so that was so nice and so wonderful and did so many things. They said, yeah, they're a saint. Well, somebody that got saved last week from being an alcohol and drug addict and prostitute all their life are a saint too. Just as much a saint as them. Because your sainthood is not based on your works. It's based on Jesus who sanctifies you, his blood that makes you holy. And it's not you're going to be maybe if you work hard enough. No, you are. These letters are written to the saints. Saint. Hmm? So we got saints among us right now. Huh? Look around. Saint Kim. Huh? Saint Mo and Saint Rick. Right here on the front. You got saints in front of you? Saints behind you? To the left and to the right? Yeah. Oh, some folks don't like that. Well, that's your religious tradition that you've been immersed in all your life, and it's not in the Bible. You are a saint. And it's not based on what you have done or ever will do. It's based on what Jesus has already done. And all that are in the church are saints. Sanctified and made holy by Him. Do you see this now? Verse 2, unto the church of God, which is at Corinth, are we a church and part of the church? Then we are also of them that are sanctified. Not going to be. Huh? Are sanctified in Christ Jesus called. Somebody says, well, to be. To be is not there. It's the reason why it's in italics. 
We are sanctified in Christ Jesus and we are called saints. With all, are there other saints? Yeah, with all, all what? All the saints that in every place call upon the name of Jesus Christ our Lord, both theirs and ours. Isn't that the foundation that the church is built on? Isn't that the rock? Huh? The Christ? Our Lord? Ours and theirs? Hallelujah. I believe God is very interested in removing dividers. Can you sense this? God doesn't see in the earth all his different churches and all his different denominations. You're either in the church or you're lost. And the church is not any denomination or any organization. The church are those who have answered the call. Those who by their faith are sanctified by the blood of the Lamb. Oh, hallelujah. Can you get this now? Thanks be unto God. Hold your place there, we're not through here, and go to Hebrews 12. This is helping somebody today. Somebody says, well, that's different than how I've believed. Okay, but why have you believed what you believed? Where did you get that? Well, I've believed it for a long, long time. That doesn't make it true. Well, mom and daddy believed it, and, and their mother, that don't make it true either. Does it? Where did you get it? I know when I first went to Bible school, I wasn't there but just a few weeks. And I'm hearing some things that are strange and new to my ears. A little bit different from the church I came out of. And your first response to that is, hmm, I don't know about that. That's not, that's not how we believe. Hmm, you ever been there? Not how we believe. And the Lord challenged me. He spoke to my heart. I don't mean heard a voice, but he spoke to my heart. He said, examine everything you believe. Why do you believe it? Everything you realize, I believe this, immediately ask this question, why? And there's only one sufficient basis. Where is it in the Bible? Where is it in the scriptures? If, it's, if it, you can't find it, you got no business believing it. I don't care how many generations of your family believed it. If you can't find it in the Bible, you got no business believing. You say, well, I got a right to believe whatever I want to. Not if Jesus is your Lord. If he's your Lord, you're to believe what he tells you to believe. And nothing else. Nothing different. And so as time would go on, it would happen. I, I have to remind myself, and the Lord would help me and remind me. Something would come up, and I'd hear it, and I'd think, hmm. Yeah, I believe that. Yes, I do. Well, the next question is what? Why do you believe that? Okay, so I started searching the scriptures. And I thought, well, I didn't see one right off in the Lord to deal with me. No, no, find it. Find it or forget it. (laughs) So I'd get my concordance down. And some things I looked for for weeks and couldn't find it. And I thought, now I know we, I know we believe this. We, my grandma believed this and, and her grandpa believed this and, and we always believe this in the churches we can. Where's it at? He'd say, where's it at? Did I say it? Where's it at? And couldn't find it. And finally realized I heard some preacher say it and decided, well, that's true. And it wasn't true. Are you with me now? Examine why you believe what you believe and take no other uh, confirmation except the written word of the Lord. If you can't find it in there, you got no business believing it. Well, I had a vision. I don't care. I had an experience. I had a dream. I don't care if a hundred voice choir of angels comes through the ceiling. Tomorrow morning at daylight and sings a revelation to you while you see it in video. If it contradicts one scripture, reject it out of hand. I don't care how real it was. Hebrews 12, are you there? 
12, 22. 12, 22 of Hebrews. You are come unto Mount Zion and unto the city of the living God. Aren't you glad your God is alive? The heavenly Jerusalem, not the earthly one, the heavenly and to an innumerable company of angels. We've been talking about angels on Friday night. How many has God got? We can't count them. That's a bunch. And we know one, one angel can go hand to hand with 185,000 men and win. We saw that. And you got at least one assigned to you. God has ordered that angel to take care of you. That is their commission. And they came to church with you and they'll leave with you. And the Bible says they camp out at your house. They encamp round about you. And they're there to deliver you. Mm-mm. He said, verse 23, to the general assembly and church of the firstborn. Do you hear these words? See, that, that's part of the meaning of church, isn't it? Those assembled together, those joined together to the general assembly and church of the firstborn. What church you belong to? Church of the firstborn. <laughs> what branch is that? That's the only branch. It's the. <laughs> How many understand? If you're not this, Baptist ain't going to cut it. Catholic, Presbyterian, Methodist, huh? Word of faith, charismatic. If you're not this, the rest of it doesn't matter. He said, to the general assembly and church of the firstborn, which are written, the margin says, enrolled. In heaven. There is a membership book. (laughs) You can't find it on the earth though. Or in any church office. Or on any church database. (laughs) Somebody say you a member of the church. (laughs) You need to be a member of the church. Right? And if you are. Your name is on the record. Your name is on the enrollment. The roster of the citizenship of heaven. My, my, my. Have you read the book of Revelation? John saw the book. It's a real book. And there's a page where you could find your name. There's a page. Glory to God. You could turn to it and you could find and you could go down and go down and go down. There's the Moors, yeah. Keith Moore. Yeah, I'm there. You're there. I'm there. All of those who have faith in Jesus. And people haven't thought much about it now, but I'm telling you, there's coming a time. When all of the dead are going to be raised and all of the dead out of hell and all the oceans and all the deserts are going to come and they're going to stand before God and the books, books, plural, are going to be opened. And everybody who is not found, whose name is not in the Lamb's book of life, are going to be lost. Hmm? And they do not have a future with God. And they will not be a part. And they will not rule and reign. And people try to say. Well I just don't know that I believe that. That just sounds too mean and too cruel. Well you're not God. And you don't have enough understanding. To question the judgments of God. He is righteous. And he is perfect. Hmm? And he will do the right thing. Oh but. Do you want your name to be in the Lamb's book of life? Huh? To be a part of 
the church. And that your citizenship is in heaven, Philippians says. Read that again. Written. Written to the general assembly and church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven. Is heaven a real place? Do they have a book there that's real? Are there names written in that book? Is your name in that book? Hmm? Only if you have believed on the Lord Jesus and confessed him as your Lord and Savior and been born again. I don't care how many churches you became a member of. I don't care how many different times you were baptized, dipped, or sprinkled, or what formula. I don't care how many good works that you've done. If you've not been born again and Jesus is not your Lord, your name's not in the book. If you're a Christian, you've got to believe the Bible. And this is what the Bible says. He said, those which are written in heaven. Go back to 1 Corinthians, please. Thank you, Lord. Said out loud, my name name is in the book. book. That means they're working on your place today. They're working on your place. That means God already has planned for you your place in his kingdom after this life. What you're to do. Where you're going to be. Hmm? In the new heavens and the new earth. You have a permanent part because you are a permanent part of the body of Christ. A permanent part of the building of God. A permanent part of the church. You can tell we need some instruction on this, can't you? Hmm? Are you willing to stay with me long enough for us to get it? Huh? We're beginning to get it, but can we stay on this? Hmm? Are we just religious? No. Or do we believe these things? Should it be real to us? Is this a priority to the Lord, you think? Building his church. Is it close to his heart? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. We've got a place in his church, a place in the future. But right now, we have a place in assisting with him building his church. Don't we? In uh, 1 Corinthians, are you back there? 1 Corinthians 1. What is the church? Called together ones. We know that our name is on the roster. We know in 1 Corinthians 1 and 2 that the church of God, those that are sanctified, those called saints, and skip down to verse 9 in that same chapter, just a few verses later. He said, verse 9, God is faithful by whom you were called. You were what? You were called. Hmm? Called to stay at home and be spiritual. Called to just have amazing experiences one-on-one with Jesus. Hmm? Why do I say all this? People get off on this. They think just me and Jesus. That's all I need. Just me and Jesus. And nobody knows all these things that Jesus is talking to me. And I guess I'm just so far out beyond everybody. It's just me and him. And so I'm in a different place. Yeah, you're in a place all right. (laughs) And it's different, yeah. (laughs) Tell me what you're called to. We are called unto the fellowship. Everybody say fellowship. Fellowship. Can you fellowship by yourself? No. No. Somebody said, well, with the Lord. Well, that's not by yourself. You can't fellowship alone. Fellowship is with another. With another. Sharing. Kononia. Fellowship. Communion. It's a sharing in common. You share, you give, and they receive. They share, they give, and you receive. Having a meal together is a perfect uh, illustration of it. We all sit down together 
and there's taters and beans and bread on the table and we all eat the same food out of the same bowls, usually not off the same plate sometimes, (laughs) but then we all talk and we're talking about the same things. We're all thinking the same things as we're eating the same things and then we wind up taking our nap later or whatever and we all got taters in us. The same taters from the same place. And we all got the same thoughts. Right? Because we were talking about all listening to the same conversation. Kononia. And that's just more fun than being by yourself. And it's richer. I said it's richer. Because you already know what you know. But you can hear things you didn't know. And you can eat food you didn't have in your fridge. Eating the meal, sharing, communion. We are called to this. What? Tell me what the church is. Call, what? What's that next word? Together. To get, we are called together. We're called to share and to enjoy. We're called together. Called to the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Go back to Hebrews and then 1 John. Hebrews 12. We were there. Actually, stopped by the 10th chapter. On your way there. And then we're going over to 1 John. Hebrews 10. Look at verse 22. What does it say? Let who? Us. What is us? Not just you. Not just me. You and me. Youans and usans. And we allans. Us. Let us. Oh, the thing is just, it's so big in my spirit, I'm having difficulty uh, expressing it. What you can do. And what we can do. Are you touching it with your spirit? I'm telling you what you can do in your faith and your prayer compared to what we can do is no comparison. It doesn't even hold light. doesn't even compare. And you got people trying to do it all their self. And God didn't ordain that it be that way. And you cannot do it that way. He has ordained that we do it. Together, which is why the devil works night and day to get us apart and separate us, which is why God gave us the New Testament commandment, what? To keep us together. Love one another as I have loved you, that will keep us together. It's the only thing strong enough. Had to be a command, which means you do it when you don't feel like it. You do it when you don't want to do it. Because you're commanded to do it. Your Lord has commanded you. And if he really is the Lord of your life, you keep his commands. You do what he says. And the devil is scared of this. Remember we talked about this? The gates of hell, what? Shall not prevail. They'll not overcome or overpower the church. Nor will they be able to withstand the church. And when the devil thinks... About you and me and the whole church getting together and thinking like one man (laughs) and moving like one man. It bothers him. It scares him. It shakes him. And then when he thinks about all the churches and the ministries getting together in the earth, regardless of denomination and thinking towards one end. And pooling their resources toward one thing. And using all their faith together at once. To do what the Lord told them. Waves of panic come over him. (laughs) And God rejoices. Glory to God. Somebody say me. Us. Thank God for you, but you alone is just you. 
Me alone, it's just me. But us. 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 Glory to God. Let us draw near. Verse 23. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith. Verse 24. Let us. Somebody say us. Let us. Hallelujah. I may have to get Dwayne to start helping me play a little better on this and sing some on Let us. Let us. Let us. Who? Us. Not me, not you. Us. Let us consider one another to do what? Hmm? Let us consider one another to provoke unto love and good works. We ought to get together and stir each other up. And leave out of this place today with a burning desire to do more for God. And faith that you can. A vision for bigger and better in every way. You don't get that just staying at home by yourself. You don't get that just living in your little fishbowl. Because then all you see is what you see. And all you know is what you know. And it just ain't enough. You need more. You need more. You need to be around people. Have more faith than you do. More vision than you do. Right? It'll stir you up. It'll help you. Give you something to reach for. Give you something to shoot for and believe for. What's that next verse say? Not forsaking what? The assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is. Even way back then, people were not going to church and not getting together and saying they had a revelation that they don't have to. I just get with God in nature just by myself and that's my church. And I just, you know, I, I get with my Bible and that's my church. And I just make, you know, my bedroom my church. No, you don't. Your bedroom is not your church. We are the church. Us. Us. Are you with me? I just make my car my church. You can't make your car the church. Your car can't get saved. We are the church. We are the church. Us. So us need to get together. Us need to assemble. Because that's who we are. The called together. Called to assemble. Called to get together. You say, well, God's everywhere, ain't he? Yeah. So? Why can't I fellowship with God by myself? You can. Why can't you do both? Why can't you do both? Well, I believe I can get just as close to God by myself. That's not all there is to it. It's not just you and your experience. Us need to get together because us got stuff to do. Us needs to pool our faith, pool our resources. I didn't have the cash to buy this boat. Hmm? Most of you didn't either. But us did. <laughs> us did. <laughs> I didn't have the cash to buy that aircraft and sow it to that church and ministry. Did you? Huh? Most of you didn't. But us did. Phyllis and me didn't have the money to come buy this church and this building and this property and pay for it. Did you? You didn't. But us did. (laughs) What if us hadn't got together? These things wouldn't have happened. And oh, can you see it? Can you see it? There's a lot of us around. And God intends for many, many more to get saved and there to be more of us. And what if you got much more of us together? What kind of things could you do? 
Are you excited at least a little about this? What kind of things can God... God intends that He use the church to shake this planet. To shake this planet. And this gates of hell shall not prevail is not just a defensive situation. The gates of hell and the gates of death have locked and enclosed millions of souls. Did you hear me? Whole nations, whole cities are locked behind gates of death. Gates of hell. And governments have not been able to get through. Hmm? Governments and philosophers and educators and social workers have maybe helped a little bit here and there, but have not been able to get those gates open and get those people free. But against the church, against the church, these gates cannot withstand. They cannot hold out. What if millions and millions of believers got together and stood up like one man? Put all their money together. Huh? Somebody says, well, they won't, you know, they won't let us preach the gospel in that continent. Let's buy it. The continent? Yeah. Buy the country. Just buy it. Well, it cost a hundred billion. Great. We got it. It's in our God account. It ain't in my God account. If you put 10 million believers God accounts together. So brother Keith you're just dreaming. No I'm telling you about God's dream. This ain't my dream. Except receiving it from him. This has always been his vision. And he has never changed. People have squabbled and they've split and they've fought and they've excluded and they've divided. And he has sat on the throne and not changed what he said. Jesus prayed that they may be one, even as you, Father, and I are one. And they, we, us, will be. Will be. Will be. Has to happen. But we haven't seen it happen fully. Or even that much. And time's running out. Could it be? Could it be? You and I have come to the kingdom for such a time as it. Could it be that we are a generation that really begins to see the unification of the real church of the Lord Jesus? Begin to see God bring together a unity, a force that is so powerful that entire governments cannot resist it? Enough people with enough money and enough equipment and enough faith with the God of creation behind them can do anything. I mean anything. Come through anything. Shut down anything. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Well, I don't want those places of ill repute right there. Buy all the land. They have to move somewhere else. They can't build there. You got it. We've thought too small. Hmm? We've thought me visions. Me dreams. What I could do. And as big as you could ever think is just. But us. Us. There's something stirring in your spirit now. Us. Us. Let us, he said. Let us. Let us. Then he says, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together like some folk are. Don't you do it. What does that mean? Come on, get together. Come together. Get together. Why? Because you got to do stuff together. We're not going to get together. We're not going to pool our resources in our faith if we don't come together and talk about it together and fellowship around it and have a central vision in the same words. It's not going to happen. We got to leave home. Got to come out. Got to get together. Right? Mrs. Well, I just like watching the internet. Well, thank God for the internet. 
It's wonderful. And there's some places on the earth where there's not a church, Bible-believing church within 500 miles of you. I know that. But there's a lot of folks got good church right across the road and just lazy. Thank you for those three amens. And one reason why they just want to stay at home and not get out is because nobody knows they're not a part. They're not giving to anything. They're not serving. They're not helping. Did you hear me? And they can just hide. Boy, we're having fun now, aren't we? And some folks say, well, I just don't know what to do. Some people need to move. Need to move. We've already talked about it. Job is not first. Business is not first. Family is not first. The kingdom of God. Jesus is first, so his church is first. His body is first. His work is first. Some people need to leave that state, leave that country, and go where God told you to go. I didn't say Branson. There's a lot of good places. There's a lot of good churches, right? Wherever the Lord tells you and shows you. But do it. Much more important than $5 more an hour. Much more important than a promotion. Is being where the Lord told you to be, affecting the church the way he told you to. Can you say amen? Amen. Now, 1 John, I think I can close with this. 1 John. Now, uh, 1 John talks about this wonderful thing. And this is, look at this. He said, verse 3. 1 John 1, 3, that which we have seen and heard declare we to you that you also may have what? That you may have what? Fellowship with who? With us. And truly, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. When you and I come together, it's not just us. He's here. I said, he's here with us, in us and with us and around. And that's what makes church, church, right? It ain't the talent. It ain't the facilities. God is what makes church, church. If he don't come, it ain't worth going to. But he does. He never misses a service. (laughs) Never. That you also may have fellowship with us. With who? Us. us. Somebody say us. us. You like the sound of that? Yes. Huh? Yes. Boy, there's strength in us. There's comfort in us. There's fun and excitement when us get together. Yes. Us. Us. No loneliness with us. Amen. Right? No lack with us. Yes. Remember in the beginning days of the church? When the church was us and us Brought everything and sowed it and laid it down at the apostles' feet. And there was neither among them any that lacked. Nobody had any lack. Among us is no lack. Alone there's lack. Alone there's loneliness. Alone there's insufficiency and inadequacy and unfulfillment. Oh, but with us. Us can rise up and do what you couldn't do and I couldn't do. Us. With us is plenty of provision. You might not know it, and they might not know it, but he knows it. So now we all know it. Right? She didn't know how to do it, and he didn't know how to do it, but she does. And she tells us, so now we all know. (laughs) I got something, you got something, they got something, you put us all together, we got it all. We got it all. You alone don't, I alone don't. I know I'm taking some extra time, but this, this is the heart of your God. This is the apple of his eye. He said, these things, verse 4, I write to you, why? What's he referring to? Writing what things? About the fellowship. About us fellowshipping. That's when and where your joy gets full. Hmm? Has anybody had any more joy since you came and jumped right in the middle of the work of God and, and got busy and got a bunch of faith friends and, and family than when you're just hanging out by yourself trying to knock along? 
Yeah, it's how your joy gets full. You come into whole realms of things you never thought about. All kind of opportunities and abilities. Oh, thank God. Thank God. And he goes on talking about verse 6. If we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. If we walk in the lights, he's in the light. We have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. What is sin about? What is the real issue with sin? Sin gets you out of us. Hmm? There are people who's not here this morning because they've sinned and they messed up and they're ashamed. And that's a problem. So they're not with us and they're not enjoying stuff with us. And what got them out? It wasn't the wrath of God. It wasn't us cutting them off either. It was their condemnation, the sin. Sin separates. Sin removes you from the fellowship. And that's where the enemy wants you alone so he can cut you off from the herd and devour you. With the herd, there's strength. With the herd, there's protection. Stay close behind the leader, Jesus Christ. If he stops suddenly, you're going to hit him in the back. Follow hard behind him. Close behind him. The apostle Paul said, follow me as I follow the Lord. We're all following him. We're all close. We stay together. We stay safe. We stay together. We stay strong. Us. What is the church? Called together. Glory to God. Stand on your feet, please. Bless the Lord. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. 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 This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.